What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. Today we're talking the recap of the week six in the NFL. But before we get into it, go down as always, like and subscribe. And these are the hosts for your episode today. I'm Paul. Pick them and lose them. Concha, according to this week. And who am I joined with? Kev. Water boy, motherfuckers, so boy, you feel me, man? And it feels good this week. It's happened. It hit a couple of times. I did my research. I made sure I studied. Ah, it felt good watching the games this week. Paid off because uh, let me see. Cat, oh, we'll, we'll go. So, Jerry, Jeremiah, Jerry Will 24, go get that boy a follow. He was on the show. He came in second place this week with four, seven, and one. The one draw being he picked the Ravens. But then he also picked the Giant as his dog of the week. So kind of just threw that into the 50-50. Uh, I came in last. Oh, you went second with four wins? Yeah, I came dead last with two and 11. They are. By far. By far. They were my only two dubs were the Bengals and the Patriots. I was about to say, I know you picked the Patriots because you was in that bit telling you you said Bill Belichick could take something away from you. Damn. Damn, so you missed on the let me see what's some crazy shit. Oh, you missed on the 49ers and Falcons. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy shit this week. Kev though. You missed on the Eagles and the Cowboys? Yeah, I, I took the Cowboys. I mean, I just I, I rode the Cooper Crush train. There's I got I I didn't get off I got off one stop too late. I should have got off a stop ago. But Kev. The king of chaos himself went nine and four. He saw through all the bullshit that was the big spreads. He saw he looked through the underdog glass and came out barking. Almost, and you know what's what's hurtful? I would have loved to have picked the Steelers to beat the Bucks. I would have loved to, but I did it because I was smart, like everybody else in the world. So, like a lot of the four games I lost, I feel like I nobody. I feel like everybody lost those games. Like everybody. You didn't lose the Bucks and Steelers. You didn't lose the Packers and the Jets and the Giants and the Ravens. You must be a fucking genius. You must be. You must be able to see the future. And then nobody knew the Seahawks is going to come out and don't impress every this week. So like a lot of these games, I was like, oh, I'm okay with missing those games because I know a hundred thousand other motherfuckers did too. I'm mad because I, every time I pick the Cardinals, those fuckers lose. But hey, like, like I, I just don't have to. I just never know the right week to pick them. That's how I feel about the Colts. That's why I was watching the entire Colts game. That's how I felt the entire Colts game. But man, before, well, before you give out your best, oh, not best, but before you give out the waterboard games of the week, Kev has taken the lead in the yearly standings. He is 48 42 and one. I am 47 43 and one. One game behind that. The Kev, I know it was looking rough for the first five weeks. Like, on the, it kept getting a little wider and wider, but like, shit, all it takes is one fucking week like this. And I respect it. I ain't gonna lie, I keep up with the week to week. So I know that I won week one, you won week two through five, and then I won week six. That's how I'll be looking at it. That's good. But Kev, 48, 42, and one. That was good because I remember that one week, what I went five and 10, that was hurtful. Did that? I had one of those this week. Yeah, that happens to the best of us, man. But let me know why the props did. Props, we made a kill at nine and four props on the week this so far. And like last week, 10 and six. So back to back, like picking over 60%, like is unheard of. This is a hot hand. Like, please hop on it and make some money. Please. To be some NBA finals, right? You know, like NBA teams going like 60 and or 50 and 20. Like, I'm going to have one of those type of prop records. Right? So you went 10 to six on the props. How do we do on the locks and on dogs? So, Kev, you went one and one on the locks. And one and no on your dogs with the Patriots. I went 0-3 across the board. I should have coached on because I was heavy on the Patriots with you, but I wanted to give out a big dog. I just picked the wrong big dog because all the other ones won. The Panthers with PJ Walker shit the bed. It looked kind of close for a little bit. Then Jerry, one and one, and one and no on his Giants pick. That Giants pick was nice. I respect that. I blame him for the reason why they lost. But that's the perfect segue. It's a water boys games of the week. Yes, sir. I got my water. So, man, I want to start off with the motherfucking Giants versus the Ravens. Wow, I forgot to write down the fucking score for this game. It was 20 to 24, though. I can tell you off the top of my head. I remember watching this game like, this motherfucker did not just throw it. 
this motherfucker, these motherfuckers did not just lose this game, but that's exactly what they fucking did. And the Giants, they looking, they looking, they looking like the truth. They had that hard fought winning last week against the two weeks ago against the Packers. This week they had against motherfucking the Ravens. The Giants are looking like they don't give up. The defense played well. The Brian ball, and they figuring out ways to get stops and turnovers and late in the game, and that's what you fucking need. Yeah, and uh. Another late game collapsed by the Ravens, and they all they had to do was just not lose the ball. And it was a bad snap. It still hit Lamar, but it was a bad snap, pre-time snap or something. It was snapping issues. Lamar just throw it away right there. Like, there's a reason why when people want bad snaps, they usually just either jump on the ball so no no turnover happens, or they roll out and just throw that bitch away. Lamar tried to force the issue and he threw it into a very tight window off that bad snap, gets the interception. And I might have to start playing the the over half an interception for Lamar. You know, Lamar is tied with Carson Wentz with six interceptions for third, only behind Matt Ryan and Matt uh, and uh Stafford. Matt Piggy. Yeah, like I do. I was shocked when I saw he had six interceptions. I was like, Loki, he's been, I think he's had one almost every game. So, not every game, but he's had a few. And now it's like, oh, okay. Dang. So, you think the price of the brick is going down? Price of the brick. Hey, <laughs> the first three weeks, that price was skyrocketing. And now it's just slowly kind of like coming back to, you know, law of averages, baby. Like it's slowly coming back down to the to the real world. It's real, it's real talk. I mean, I always look at this team, like, I always look at um how he can hit Mark Andrews so well. Like, him and Mark Andrews, the connection is like this. They figure it out. But nobody else. Like, Isaiah Likely, five to four targets for two yard, for two receptions. That's the rookie tight end also. So, that's like the, the, the... D. Robinson, five targets for three receptions. Motherfucking D. Dunave. I never know how to say his name. Five targets for one reception. Kenyon Drake, two. Re- like, he just can't hit these. He's not hitting them boys. He's, he's getting opportunities to pass that thing, just not hit their ass. And as long as Rome was like 25 yards, so like they kept him at bay, kind of somewhat in the pocket. So, like, ugh. Hey, the, the Ravens scored. fixing that they- wide receiver issue as we speak. They went out and signed the one and only Deshaun Jackson. Paperwork has been finalized. So Mark Andrews starting a wide receiver this week hurt. <laughs> Thanks, but hey, shout out the Giants. I hope Giants fans are lit right now. I wish I could go to a game in New York because, like, I know because I know they'd be acting a fool and the boys be winning. But shout out them boys. That was a good game. And what came down to it in intercept, it came back down to a turnover, and then the Giants taking it. Man, did you see any big takeaways from that game besides that? Uh, just. Ravens got to clean up in the fourth quarter. This is like the third or fourth game where you have a lead. You're kind of on cruise control. And then some shit hits the fan like this again. Like so many times. It's a bad break one time. It's a, it's, it's bad football a second time. Maybe it's bad coaching the third time. Like it's hard. It's, I don't know what it is at this point. It's tragic because the Ravens have been a real like, we like, oh, fuck the Ravens. We got to deal with them this year. But like, they just kind of beat themselves consistently. We saw it last year a few times, especially when they had those back-to-back games where they, where they missed the fourth down at the goal line type shit. But um, that's just the Ravens right now. We're going to see hope that they can figure that thing out. And it's still early in the season. But on to the next one. The Colts, next game on the versus the, Colts versus the Jaggies. 34-27. Matty Ice. It's still alive. What do you have? 42 for 58. I don't know what world would you let Matt Ryan throw the ball 58 times and not expect at least four interceptions. But they did. And he ended up with 389 yards and three touchdowns and a game-winning touchdown with 23 seconds left. And I'm going to keep it a buck with you. That was the most big dick throw I've seen in a minute, kid. And, like, it was just like, yo, all you needed was the first. You guys could go kick a field goal. And I just see his motherfucker throwing it over the top to Alec Pierce. And I'm like, what the fuck? Dang. And he just put it right there in the breadbasket. You would have thought he'd be doing it to Julio Jones. Like, and that's the that was the motherfucking that was a great game. I think it shouldn't have been that close. They shouldn't have been going back and forth. Pat McAfee, it's funny because Pat McAfee has sweets, has that $150,000 suite in that spot where Alec Pierce ran up to after he um, scored. But somebody went home early because because the, the game was too close and they wanted to um 
they wanted to see the they wanted to skip the traffic so they could watch the Bills versus Chiefs. Wow, that's a sad day that's right there. Tragic. That's the reason why you pay one hundred fifty thousand for them tickets. But Colts got four sacks on this Jags O line. Colts look. This game, I feel like this game was a lot closer than it was supposed to be. I don't understand why, because Trevor Lawrence didn't look too great. What he threw like one touchdown and three um ran to ran the other two in like, but and Matt Ryan didn't make any mistakes. So like, this game was a lot closer. Was way closer than way closer than it had to be, and way closer than comfortable. But um, shout out, shout out, though, coach. What do you take away from the game? One of my big takeaways is like Lawrence is just so hard and so frustrating to judge because when he's in rhythm, he looks like an NFL starter. He looks like confident. He's making great throws. He He's one of those quarterbacks that's mobile enough to get out of the pocket and extend plays, but he's not really going to kill you on the feet, but he can get those yards if need be. Like you saw with the rushing touchdowns, he's still the big body on the goal line like for a sneak. But then once he gets out of rhythm or like something, some adversity shows, like he, he kind of just folds under the pressure. And it, I think that's what we're kind of seeing with him is like if everything goes right, which was his high school and college career, he looks absolutely fucking phenomenal. But once a little bit shit starts hitting the fan, then it starts like, OK, you start seeing some flaws and some tendency issues. And it's not looking too good right now if, like if they keep up with these close games, because I don't know if Lawrence can be trusted in a close game. But I will say the rookie running, but not rookie, but second year running back, Etienne. I wasn't high on him early in the season. I wasn't high on him last year. I thought James Robinson's a great running back, still do. But ETN's slowly showing, like, okay, this is a, a, a first-round running back. Like, that big play that he took off, his a catching ability, which makes him so much – like, that's why he's more versatile than Ray Robinson. Robinson can't catch as well. So ETN's now – I think he's just showing, like, oh, shit, like the big play, the big runs, the catching ability. He's showing, like, okay, he's slowly going to be the RB1 over there, and Robinson's going to kind of slowly take the back burner. No, I really thought, but we're going to see. But the biggest the biggest game – we're going to get to that game, but I, I did want to do an honorable mention because this fucked me up. Packers, Jets, 27-10. Roberts and the Jets beat the fuck out the Packers. And look, I didn't get the 10 points. Doesn't say, doesn't give them justice. Like, the, this was supposed to be probably a 27 3 game, but the Aaron Rodgers and Anthony Alcazar got them um, figured one out. But boy, boy, the Packers need help on offense. But does Roberts, does he, did he build a squad in New York or am I tripping? It looks like they got two squads in New York. No, and uh, I'll give him credit because, like, one thing I said before the show was, not before the show, but on the picks was, like, yeah, like, Greenberg's Packers' de- a run defense is still shit. And, like, Brees Hall ran all over them just like Shaquan did. So, like, they are getting fucking throttled. Like, the Bears had a – they lost, but they looked pretty good when they were able to get to the goal line. And they couldn't convert in the red zone, but they were getting there. Why? Because they could run the ball. And it's like – Oh shit! Like if you can run the ball, like they might be turned into the month, the Chargers of last year. Like if you have a good run game, you probably can beat the Packers because they're not going to be able to control time of possession. They're not feeding the running backs enough. I don't think they kind of, they kind of like if if they're down a little bit, they kind of lean on Rodgers, and Rodgers works best when he has a run game to lean on. So it's kind of like you're you're stabbing yourself by not running the ball whenever you you're only down by seven or so. But Robert's doing a fucking great job by hiding Zach Wilson. Like, Zach Wilson, 10 of 18, 110 yards. Like, he is not a good quarterback, but they're winning games. And it has nothing to do with him. But it's just, like, eventually, when they have to get into a shootout, this Jets team will probably lose just because they're going to – like, they're, they're hiding Zach Wilson really well behind really great defense. Sauce Gardner – putting on the fucking cheese head and running all around Lambo high-fiving everybody. Like, come on now. Like, the charisma's at all-time high. Young playmakers. Their offensive line is slowly getting healthier. I hate to say it, but the Jets are not the Jets of yesteryears. No, no. It's interesting because the rookies are balling. Brees Hall, 110 yards. Balling. I want to say he only had 17 carries, too. And then uh, motherfuckers- 20, but still. Nice. And then Sauce Gardner. I want to say he had eight targets towards him, only gave up one reception for eight. He might have had eight or six, and then gave up one reception for 
eight yards. That's it. Against, I understand the um, Packers don't have the best receivers in the world right now, but this is probably in a this is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and you're doing that. This team is balling. Their hype, like you said, charisma is up, and I'm lo- I'm loving to see it. And don't forget the punt block. That punt block is the difference maker. You can win, steal a point on special teams, especially in close games. You look like the squad. Packers lost last year to the 49ers due to a punt block in the playoffs. Like the special teams is looking the fucking same. Also, like this, this is that's not good. That's not because that was terrible last year. But that was the honorable mention, man. New York is balling right now. They the gift. They're the gift that keeps on giving. I guess to New York now. But on to the game of the motherfucking way. Of course, we got the Bills walking into motherfucking Arrowhead. Oh, oh, what's it called? Pat Mo J A. Devin Singletary and the entire Bills defense came through and won this game 24-20. And I'm going to keep it a buck. This was the battle of the best. And this, them boys going back and forth. You had Jay, 27 of 49 for 329 yards, three touchdowns, and a fucking hurdle, no interceptions. And then you had Pat Mahomes, 25 for 40, 338 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. But it was crazy to me watching the progression of this game because I felt like Pat Mahomes and Jay, they literally were doing the same thing until motherfucking like the third or fourth quarter. Like they were literally like, I kept telling everybody like, yo, somebody's going to take off the second quarter, this second half. Cause they're literally doing the, playing the exact same game. Just the difference is Josh Allen. I want to say they had a fumble. I don't think of Josh Allen fumbled. Somebody fumbled it. It and was, then, um, it was a, I don't know who got the fumble, but it was when Josh Allen pitched it back to the running back instead of like this letting the play die. And then it became a fumble. And it was in the red zone, though. And then that that interception for fucking Kair Alam in the fucking end zone, and I want to say he freaked the he freaked the fuck out of um not Juju who had a good game this year this week, which was really nice. Um, I don't know who he freaked the fuck. McCall Hardman freaked the fuck out of Brandon end zone. It was like, oh shit. Yeah. So this Bills deep. I was just gonna say, yeah, and that end zone and that interception came right after the fumble. So it was like back to back turnovers on both sides in the red zone. It wasn't each the first possessions of the game. Yep. Yeah, this game was fucking awesome. Devin Singletary, the Bills won the rushing battle. Devin Singletary had 85 yards, and then, you know, Josh Allen did his thing. But by forcing those two turnovers by the Bills defense was the deciding factor that game winning interception. While Pat Mahomes is driving down. Great defenses make great plays. That is, and you don't want to give it to the Bills too early because they know they beat the Packers last they beat the Chiefs last year in the regular season and got whooped and not and then lost in the playoffs. But this team looks like they're tired of losing and they're tired of losing to these mighty, mighty motherfuckers and they're ready to fuck up fucking boys up back. I will say that the turnover, so great defenses make great plays in big-time moments, which we saw with the Bills defense, and they're getting healthier. But one thing that was kind of scary was towards the end of the game, the Bills going for it twice and both times being a turnover. And it kind of set up, like, if they were just, you know, to kick the field, yeah, Tyler Bass, great kicker. If you would just kick those points, you're not as worried on, like, it's a tie game, Patrick Mahomes got the ball. Uh it could have been like you could have got burned on not going like going for it, and now it's tie game, and Mahomes leads the field goal, win the game type shit. Like Mahomes is known to do his own right. And that is a uh, those fourth like this fourth down conversions. This like every year, I, it's not gonna say he's getting worse. We're just seeing him so much more that it's probably hitting at the same rate, the same percentages. But when they do not happen, it's just like it's just like oh fuck, like that's a like 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 we'll get into that with the Cardinals because Cardinals are the the worst of the year with it this this week but those fourth down going for it it's either you live and die by them and the defense saved them this year on that, that turnover uh they forced after going for it uh yeah man but that's been water boys games of the week man week six was five you said the week of the dogs six of 13 then the game underdogs yep. six of the 13 games underdogs one straight up nice uh, let's see well first game on my list here, we got the Falcons winning at home against the 49ers, 28-14. Mariota has three touchdowns on 14 passes. Like I know you ran one in also, but how you feeling, Kev? Bruh, keep y'all 5.5 points, motherfuckers. 
we all did our thing. I think we looked fucking great, and we was and we was and we was popping the brews, the brews at the end of the fucking in the locker room, busting up the Bud Lights, talking about some yeah. That was hard. That was fine. So like, it was a good game, man. I think we stayed on point all the entire game. It was fun to watch as a Falcons fan. Caleb Hutney, certified dog. But the biggest thing was we showed them what the number one, what the real number one defense looked like. We held down that run game. We we forced fumble recovery. Fumble recoveries. We forced intercept. We got that interception late in the game. We showed them boys like, yo, man, fuck y'all number one defense. Fuck Kyle Shanahan. But we we're the number one defense tonight, today. And that's what we did. They played fucking well. Kyle Pitts scored a touchdown in America. That was a good, that was a good look. And then you had the white guy going crazy, going crazy, ripping his shirt off and shit. So yeah, this was a fun game as a Falcons fan. Nobody expected us to win. And I liked how I liked how we um our defense really stepped up and they forced Jimmy G to do things. They forced them boys to mess up. Like, because there were a couple plays downfield that like could have been like just, just difference makers, momentum changes. Like Ray Ray dropped um Ray 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 could I wanna yeah, Ray Ray dropped one. And then um not Debo. Are you but somebody dropped Are you yeah, are you dropped one both I and mean, they were both in the same spots. So it was like wow. If those t- if those thirty five yard passes would go, like it would have been a different story, but they didn't. And we kept Debo Samuel at bay. It was a beautiful game as a Falcons fan, man. I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, like I said, I, I think I tweeted out. If not, I should have. I was the Falcons are the funnest team in the NFL. Like I said that at halftime just because I thought y'all still probably would lose at that moment. It was like 14-21 halftime. Y'all are winning. But, like, because just because I was like, this team always covers. They're fucking the scrappiest dog by far. But they're, they're – some people were comparing them to the Lions of last year. I'm like, no, like, this team's winning. Like, they're not – the Lions were still losing. Like, this Falcons team is winning. And uh, Mariota's NFL star. As long as he's healthy, we've been saying that. He is an NFL star. I don't care if he's only throwing 14 passes. He's finding – he's running the ball pretty effectively this year. And, like, he's willing to put his body on the line as long as his body stands <laughs> – like, stands up to it. The Falcons are fucking looking pretty good. And this is only giving uh, Riddler more time in the back end, just taking notes, studying. Uh, sharpening his tools because he knows he is going to be the franchise guy hopefully next year if they don't need him this year which will be perfect fucking great if it goes like that and then we get Calvin Ridley back next year so he has a yeah he can he can sit there and work with a number one weapon man everything's looking great right now and don't get me wrong you're supposed to you, you fade the motherfucking the Gatorade you might have to fade the beers but it was just a good ass week as a Falcons fan one it's negative. Oh, uh, not, not a negative, but the one thing that happened is a negative. But uh, your cornerback, I think he's the one that got the interception, Casey Hayward. Uh, he is going to be out. He he. I don't know if he tore something, but I saw that he's now injured. He's going to be out. Ouch. Well, yeah, that was actually that was scary at the end because we definitely lost both our secondary, both our starting corners, and it was like, fuck. How are you supposed to finish the game with no corner? All right, uh, let's see. We just gotta keep this moving. We have a couple blows. We yeah, I said that was actually the next game was the Miami Dolphins versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings ended up getting the win in Miami, twenty-four to sixteen. And honestly, it was a lot closer than that. Like, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just throw this out right now. Halfway through the second quarter, Vikings had fifteen total yards. Miami's defense they had. Three first four drives, all three announced for the Vikings. Je- Jetter, uh, Justin Jefferson didn't do nothing. Calvin Cook wasn't doing nothing. Skylar Thompson was cooking, but every time he cooked, there was a flag calling us back. And okay, that happens. We're just playing bad football. Illegal man down the field, holding penalties on a big throw. It's like little shit that's killing us is we're doing it to ourselves. Then he gets a thumb injury, and here comes in Teddy Bridgewater who hasn't practiced because he has been in concussion protocol all week, so he hasn't been able to practice. Coming in, it wasn't looking too good. Our defense is still doing their fucking thing, even though the Vikings eventually score. But we're, we're keeping it in check. And then fucking Waddles fumble. We're making a great drive, making big plays finally. And then Waddles fumble, gives the ball back to the Vikings. It's still a one-possession game. We're thinking defense holds out. And then Dalvin Cook hit with the fucking backbreaker 
didn't do shit all game. He had 12 carries for 20 yards, and then he breaks off a 52-yarder touchdown. And that was all. Then at that point, the game was over. I don't care how many minutes was left on the clock. That game, the game, essentially over. But that's my take from my side. I I, I learned two things. I learned that their defense is still very, very, um, very, very formidable. And Mike Gusecki should never do the gritty in his life again. The first, we all let the first one slide. Like you can't even find no video of the first one. Everybody let the first one slide. Nobody said nothing. But when they, when he tried to hit that bitch with the, the fucking Justin Jefferson there, oh, that was disrespectful. And it was terrible. Jamar Chase, Robert, you got Robert Griffin the third time I saw somebody stop this man. Jamar Chase. He did say he is retiring. He said, there's no more. He's done. He tweeted that out. He said, that's it. I thought maybe I got better. I did not. We appreciate it, man. Because, boy, I did not want to see that again. And that actually makes me put up a challenge, man. I look, you want to see a totally blitz gritty contest, man. I want to see all the totally blitz crew members, viewers, man. Let me send me your gritties, man. I want to see what they're talking about. I'll make a compilation for us to post on the Twitter. Just like Bruce Buffer did on it, he did it. Oh man. If you ain't see the clip, I gotta send that to you. Bruce Buffer. Once I, one. Once I seen um Adam Schefter do it, and I think he got hurt doing that shit. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, no. We'll leave it to the professionals. <laughs> yeah. We gotta keep it moving here. We got the Kevin and me were both on this. Patriots blowing out the Browns. They did exactly what we said was gonna happen. They're limit. What's one game that they could do? Run the ball? Okay, Belichick took that away. Brissett threw an interception like 10 seconds into the game. Like, I took the over on that prop, and I cashed immediately as the game started. And Brissett just showed, like, all right, this Browns, we can't run the ball. We're not going to beat anybody. No cap, man. I saw those Patriots game first off. What did they call him? Zap and Zap. Um, I can't remember what they was calling him on the Pat McAfee show today. But Bailey Zap looked fucking good. It's Matt right Matt's they like they said on the Totally Bitch page. The Mac Jones stock is going down. Plummeting. It's every week every week is going down. I want to say Bailey Zap threw like 300 yards. Yeah, and a couple of touchdowns. They're calling him the Zap Master. They're calling him old Zappy. <laughs> that boy has the nicknames rolling in right now. I'm taking Mac attack away from him. I'm calling a zap attack. You feel me? Ooh. And they said that he had like the most, he had the record for most touchdowns at this college or something like that. So that's interesting to see if he can, um, if they can work him into the um, starting lineup. Bro, and if he's the one that's running. All those records. He had like 7,000 yards passing off. It was absolutely insane. That is a lot of fucking yards. But hey, man, Patriots, Bill Belichick. He's going to do it every time. He shows that he's a great coach because he can scheme up shit to really fuck y'all asses up. And it was damn near a shutout, wasn't it? What the score was? Uh, No, it was 38-15. I mean, one side brought a gun. Not one side brought a gun. Where you at, man? And uh, Bel- Belichick now is tied for second most wins with Hollis with 324. And uh, he still owns the Browns. Let's see. Is there anything else that was – Anyone get hurt? Nope. Oh, Ramon Stevenson is fucking RB1. Like, down to Damian Harris is out. Anyway, anyone who has him in fantasy, you just got blessed with like a top five running back for fantasy football the rest of the year. Why? He's on the waivers? No, he was the, like, it was split 50 50, but now that Damian Harris is out, like, Ramon Stevenson's getting. So, like, a lot of people drafted him with RB2 potential, but now that he's getting full workload, 25, 30 carries. Oh, and the last thing was, Mac Jones, people are saying in the Patriots circle that it was time, like they're they're humbling him. Like now, Mac, like this is like Mac Jones was too big for his own britches type of shit. And this is like he needed to be humbled. Get, he's getting a humble treatment, man. Let's but see. that's that game, man. Yeah, next game we covered Vikings, we covered Jets, covered Colts, Bengals getting the dub. Down in New Orleans, beating the Saints thirty to twenty six. It was it was a, this was a shootout right here. This is going back and forth, back and forth. Andy Dalton looking good. Fucking Joe Burrow put up, I think, his best fantasy day by far this year. Same with Jamar Chase. It wasn't Andy Dalton that broke his hand, that broke his finger, was it? Or is it um? 
He probably did because I know that he, his his availability is now up. And I don't know if it's broken, but I know he got hurt, and they're talking about his availability is up in the air. Dude, I was watching. I want to say, oh, he was doing this all game night. No, no, that was Carson. That was Carson. That was Carson. Carson, Carson. okay. He's out for four to six weeks. We haven't hit on that, but he is out of there. But um, that game, this game was fucking interesting as fuck because the yeah, Jamar Chase doesn't do what he does in this game. I don't know if the Bengals win this game. Let me keep it all in this one. Jamar Chase showed that he's still half man, half amazing. But the Saints just kept coming. Like, I did not expect the Saints to keep doing that. And this is the one game that they had a decent pass rush. I want to say they got – I want to say everybody knows that the Bengals' um, O-line isn't the best. But the fact that the Saints, they was really coming and bringing it all game. 30 to 26 is interesting for the game to end like this. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so Dalton, if he's healthy and everything, like he might have taken. I know he lost this game, but the, this offense has looked way better the three weeks with Dalton than I think it has with Winston. Yeah, and the, the Saints were able to run the ball all day. Alvin Kamara, Melvin Ingram, Mark Ingram, and um. Rashid Shahid. Never even heard he of him. Yeah, one big yeah, Rashid had one big carry for a touchdown, I believe. It was like a 30-yard touchdown. 44-yard touchdown. So they were able to run that ball on the ass. So that's interesting. Cause I really thought this game was gonna come down to the lines. Yeah, and uh I mean Chase's big game. I cashed in on that. That that was a big prop bet I had. It wasn't the way we thought it was going to be. That one big play wasn't no deep shot down left. It was like a curl that they missed the tackle on. He took it for like the 40 yards. But Chase, I mean, if they're going to start working, like because you don't need just only deep shots for Chase. So I kind of like seeing them utilize him a different way this game because he was, I want to say, getting schemed out. But when they have two safeties up top, that deep route is never going to get open. So <laughs> they had to learn a way to, to kind of get him open here, and they did. Let's see. Uh, next game, Steelers beat. Oh, what's up? Last game for the one o'clock, we had the Steelers beating the Buccaneers down in Pittsburgh. It was a little bit of a tag team action with Mitch Trubisky and Kenyon Pickett. What did you? What are some takeaways you have for this game? Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. He plays. He has. He keeps the standard up for his team, and he expects his team to play to that standard. And this is their first time winning without T.J. Watt. Defense held the Bucks to fucking eighteen points. Eighteen. Now I think all were field goals. I'm not sure. I think one might have been touchdown, but it was it was those field goal galore from the Buccaneers this weekend. Yeah, it definitely was all field goals. Okay. Oh yeah. I was say this is one of the worst red zone teams I saw by far this weekend were the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And you can blame it on whatever you want to blame it on, but at the end of the day, that Steelers team came ready to play. Chase no Claypool. Mika either. Oh, yeah, no Mika. Chase Claypool looked fucking great. Seven receptions for seven targets. Seven targets for seven receptions. Two different quarterbacks. Didn't matter who was throwing it to him. And that pass touchdown, um, that touchdown they got late in the game. But what the fuck is up with your man Brady, dog? Because that offense stinks. I put that shit in big bold letters, right? This this the everything we say about the Packers, we could say about the Buccaneers too. Like Facts. they're not doing it. But one thing that like Brady screaming at the O line, okay, not that big of a deal unless you start putting it in the context that he doesn't go to Wednesday's practices. Friday, the walkthrough, he doesn't attend it because he has a wedding that he has to go to. Doesn't fly with the team to Pittsburgh. And so he, and then to top it all off, this is something I didn't see no one talking about in national media or on any of the shows. One of the players got hurt and he was on his back. Everyone in the circuit, in the huddle around there, everyone's kneeling as you're supposed to. That's it. Brady's 10 yards off to the side on the field still, throwing the ball with his ball boy, just like this, while everyone around him on the Buck side is kneeling. And it reminded me, it gave me Russell Westbrook with the Laker vibes that's been going on all offseason. Like, like, he does not, like, Russell Wilson with the Seahawks last year. Like, he, him, 
there's the team and then there's Brady. And that's what I like it's kind of looking like right now. And it's kind of like it's not a good sign to see. Like that little not kneeling with the rest of the team when someone's hurt and getting carted off was like are you detached from the team right now? Like what the fuck is going on? And that's not your main target to Cameron Brady. That it's just not a good look. And this offense, you couldn't score against the Steelers defense without TJ Watt, which has been getting like made fun of all year. And then it didn't have Minka and two of two rotating cornerbacks were out this week. This is the weakest Godwin's back and healthy. Like this is the week you're supposed to get it cooking. And it didn't happen. Back. Hey man, I wish I took the Steelers as my dog. Cause fuck them bucks. Yeah, no. I wish I took that dog instead of this dog. This one burned me. I took the Rams, got burned. I should have known better, but they lost. I mean, I took the Panthers. Panthers losing to the Rams in LA, twenty-four to ten. It was ten to seven. Panthers winning at halftime. I was looking pretty good. I think they threw the pick six before halftime for one of those touchdowns. And, like, the Stafford interception prop, cha-ching, everyone should just be telling. That's an autoplay by everybody till the end of the year. Uh, but the big story isn't even the game. It's Robbie Anderson. Nah, that was actually insane to see them boys beefing, like, down on the sidelines. Did they ever explain what it was about? No, I don't think they ever will. I, you know, just like, like we, don't, we don't even know what the hell was said between Antonio Brown and uh, – uh, uh, BA from last year, and they said they had that on video. Been waiting for that. Uh, but Robbie Anderson, they shipped his ass out before the morning, like it was seven o'clock in the morning. ESPN notification Robbie Anderson traded to the Cardinals. It was it, like he tried to play it off, like, oh, yeah, we weren't, it was no big deal. Football, you know, there's some bullshit. And then the next day he got traded before. I was like, yeah, no big deal. My ass, he was beefing, he got kicked off the fucking sideline. That's the same. I mean, he scored it out. I've never seen that before. Well, I probably haven't watched enough football. But at the end of the day, the Rams look decent. The the defense looks straight, even though it's not that great of offense. And Allen Robinson scored. Like we find Allen Robinson actually did something recently. So like Cha-ching. Cam Akers, they say Cam Akers, they're shopping Cam Akers as we speak. Yeah, then it's dark. Didn't play. Maybe this Rams team can start connecting some W's or something. But they look good this week. Let's see if they can do it again next week. So, Ryan, Robbie Anderson already gone. The the name CMC to the 49ers is kind of getting a whale around now. Also, that's getting a lot of traction. So, I'm not – they said certain people like J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, DJ – there are certain people that are untouchable, but then there are certain people that for the right price can go. So they're kind of like open season right now in the Panthers. They're kind of doing what the Texans did last year. Now I'm just thinking, what quarterback are they going to pick with the first overall pick in the draft? No, dead ass. One of the fun, I don't know about fun games, but it was football, nevertheless. We had the Seahawks hosting the Cardinals 19-9. to And if you take away that defensive touchdown by the Cardinals, this offense from the Cardinals look like th- only put up three points. The Seahawks are coming to impress every fucking week. This shit is interesting. So I hit it on it a little bit earlier about the fourth down decisions. Cardinals, so Seahawks had the worst defense up there with the Lions going into the game. Cardinals get into the Seahawks 25, we'll crack the red zone four times in this game. They kick the field goal the first time, get the three points early. They go for it all three the other times, don't get it on any of them. If you just kick field goals there, three, six, nine, you have, what, 12 points right there with the pick six. Even if you miss the extra point, it's 19, 19, uh, 18, 19, but you're probably going to make the extra point. Like, teams are leaving points on the board. Like this is this is what people were talking about bad football. Bill Belichick got to the goal line a lot. He kicked like two, three field goals from within the five against the Browns, and they blew him out. Like this is this don't believe like this is Kingsbury. Like you get like this, you're getting into the fucking scoring, and you're just not kidding. I know you had a backup kicker, 
Mac out uh, Matt Almondola, but this is within the 25. This isn't a 45 yarder. This isn't a this is a, a 30 yard. This is the extra point distance. No doubt. And he said that he's willing to give up um calling plays. And I'm just listening like it's too late, man. <laughs> yeah, you, like, but they extended him to 2027. Kyler got his big bag contract. So they're kind of in this, like they, they went all in on these two because they were supposed to be a match made in heaven. Like one, like they literally got the quarterback for that scheme and they got the coach for that scheme. And then one of the big, like my biggest question, not biggest question, but one of the big question marks for me was Kyler throws that jump ball, the interception. Hollywood's 5'9". The corner that he's going up against is six foot three, runs a four two, two ten, two two. This is almost like Hollywood versus DK Metcalf at a jump ball. No cap. What the fuck are you thinking? This is not D Hop. D Hop is not down there. You think he just tried him because he was a rookie? Because Tariq Woolley, I never heard of him until that pick. No, he is a rookie. He's like a fifth round rookie, but he's just like he's just a specimen. He's been having a great year. He um since week one, I think he's uh, against the Broncos. His name's kind of been like skating around, like yo, who's this? Like the rookie corners on the Seahawks are kind of balling right now. Not bad at all. I would rather throw you throw that shit to Earth's AJ Green, some big body guy, not your your speedster. And then we had our Sunday night game where I should have got off the train a little earlier, but I didn't, and I got burned. The Eagles laying a, a, a fucking beat down on the Cowboys. I don't care. Like, take off that fourth fourth quarter touchdown. This is a 26-10 game. But 26-17, Eagles laid on them. Kev, is this the, the grimy birds, the 6-0 and right now? Them dirty, filthy Eagles, man. Grimy. Grimy over there. But Jalen Hurts is a man, is a dude, man. Jalen Hurts and that A.J. Brown connection is fucking insane. Bradbury and Darius Slay over at corner right now is looking unstoppable. Don't no, forget C.J. Johnson all- Gardner. Back. And they got motherfucking secondary is nice. They're fucking, they've always had a nice front seven. This team's 6-0, and and they just, and it, their schedule doesn't get too much tougher after this. So I just look like, damn, this was a good game. And they really just came ready to ball. And like the and I think the Cowboys figured it out at certain points in the game. They really didn't get the rush offense off like that. But they figured it out when it when it came when it got to 20 to 17, because we know this team is the greatest second quarter team of all time. <laughs> like they're gonna put it on you, they're gonna not do shit first quarter, put it on you second quarter, and they kind of die down third quarter. But I like the fact that they kind of doubled back and they kept. And when the Cowboys got it close to 2017, after I want to say that Zeke touchdown, motherfucking, they just showed like, okay, they're still fighting us. We're not giving up, and they're gonna keep they're gonna keep pushing it. And if they're able to do that throughout the rest of the season, I don't think they're going undefeated, but they definitely be motherfucking at least 14 and two, 13 and three. See, I was. People could talk about undefeated thing, and I didn't agree with them. And then I checked their schedule, and the toughest team they face for the rest of the year is the Green Bay Packers. Ouch. And it's just like, what? And maybe the Giants, you know, Giants 5 and 1. No, like, so maybe they are like a real tough test. So people are discrediting those two games. But outside of those, like, they're not, they're, they, they have a, they're, they almost locked up playoffs right now with the way the rest of their schedule is locked in. And then, um, I, I, I said it before, are the Cowboys defense just bullies against battle lines or are they actually a, a team that can stop teams and really make a difference? And I did not see – they had nothing going on for them before Lane Johnson went out with concussion. When Lane Johnson went out, the offensive line definitely got weaker. He's top three left tackle according to PFF right now. He's been fucking killing it this year. Then we started seeing Mika and Lawrence and them starting getting the pressures and stuff. So, like, if they would have kept Lane Johnson, I this would have – their D-line did not do what we thought the Cowboys – I think this just proved, like, okay, they'll look really good against bad O-lines. But if you have a good O-line, which will be almost any playoff team because you got to have a good O-line to be winning games and be in the playoffs, we got to see if that those difference makers on defense can actually do something. 
We have some more tests throughout the season, though. Maybe they'll, they'll come back on my bright, good side. But this is a little thing I noted. You said you need a good line to win games in the to win games in the playoffs. Say that to the Bengals last year. <laughs> hey, that's true. And what were their defense doing? Making making those plays. That's like if you have the defense that can make so. They'll have their chances. They'll still we'll still see them play. Well, we'll see them against the Eagles again. That's for sure. Nah, the, my biggest things from this game was the Cowboys definitely tried because they almost had that touchdown at halftime with um, not CD Lamb, number eighty five. The, the um, Noah Brown. Yeah, he just didn't get his feet that second foot down. But it was great coverage by Bradbury. So they, they tried they tried and fought most of this game, so I did respect them for that. And Michael Parsons looked frustrated. Like not just not just that they actually like clamped him up for a while, they had him clamped, but he looked genuinely frustrated. And I think that's a, a salute to this Eagles to this Eagles online. Like nobody's been able to do that to them boys yet this season. He and they came ready to fuck them boys up. Yeah, Cooper rushed three interceptions. Like Dak is healthy now they'll be playing the Lions next week Dak is back so and I like the fact that Jalen Hurts wasn't even getting touched like nothing but yeah if Jalen Brown if AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts keep playing the way they do and Devontae Smith keeps scoring the touchdowns team is gonna be a very this team might go to the NFC championship though and our final game, Monday Night Football, going to overtime, which is something the Broncos, I guess, love to do this year. Broncos losing to the Chargers in overtime. Chargers getting the dub. What was the final score here? 19-16. to 16. And what, again, a lot of people, once again, the Broncos brought the most boring game possible to prime time. It looked good, though, early. This- I would say they started off the game early, great. They came, what they scored like thirteen points. Yep. So they look great early, but nah, this team is is not dangerous. I don't know why the fuck Javante Williams went from starting to third string. Oh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. I don't know why the fuck you did that shit. When you know you're on my fantasy team, and then the Chargers. I don't think the Chargers. Chargers look too awesome in this game either, but the Broncos just so they do better than last week. I'll give them that, and the Chargers figured out a way to win. But I do like the fact that the Chargers again, like twenty five different receivers involved, while um Keenan Allen's gone from Austin Eckler just pick, picking up sitting in the backfield. They say that thirty six and a half um prop bet for Allen um Austin Eckler's been hitting consistently these last three weeks, motherfucking. Palmer, um, there's another motherfucker that they was throwing at this too. Besides Mike Williams, it was, uh, Mike Williams. Palmer and uh, Carter, DeAndre Carter, Gerald yeah, Everett, so tight end. So I love to see that that they were um, getting the entire team involved. So this Chargers team, I don't know what exactly they are. They low key one of my favorite teams just because I like Justin Herbert, but we'll see what they have in store this year for the rest if, of the year. This is a very uh, so one thing I I think if the Broncos could have a good offense, they would have won this game. And Chargers, they the Broncos defense looked just as good as ever. They had uh, DeAndre Mathis, the corner. He had like three pass interference calls, almost back to back drives, and they weren't even like bad. I want like there were flags, but it was those iffy plays. So I, I like your coach is not going to tell you to stop playing like that. Like he like if another ref wouldn't have called that flag. So. He's so his aggressiveness sometimes gets bit on, and then he got a fourth one late in the game that also killed them. But it was just like third down and 14, and then big pass interference. Now the Chargers got a new set of downs, but it wasn't even like their offense was clicking for like lots of parts of the game. It was like the they get the Broncos had like what 150 yards given up on penalties, which is that's a whole extra side of the ball. That's that's almost like another offensive player that has balled out for you. They were giving the Mitchies away for free all then, day. Eckler, oh, this is why people draft him, bro. This is the only – I want to say only because McCaffrey's the other one, but there's like select – there's only like three running backs that could only put up 36 rushing yards and still get you 24 points. But 
he like he he was getting he was getting nothing done really except for his receiving receiving he was killing it like nine catches for like 90 yards something like he had a great receiving day but between the tackles broncos stuff and shit that was like oh they went for it on fourth down a lot and we're getting stuff and they still couldn't capitalize um Jerry Judy snapping to Melvin Gordon, who was visibly pissed off because some people thought he got hurt. He was not hurt. He he don't know why himself. What happened? Why did why did I get taken out of the game? He didn't fumble. He had like three carries for what like five yards, but like he had like nice little seven yard carry that called back for a holding or something. So it was like he wasn't looking bad. He played eight plays. Yeah, he went on Twitter and started liking. He liked one tweet, uh, uh, tweet that said, Cam Akers for Melvin Gordon straight up, make it happen. He made another tweet that was like, can't, like, there's like Melvin Gordon, this is not the, like, he's not going to ride no more. Like, shit like that. Like, it was just like, he he's visibly pissed off. He's going on Twitter. He can't tweet about it, but he's liking tweets that basically kind of, I think, voicing his opinion. And fucking, what was it? Uh, the only time I think Russ looked good was when he would had to leave that pocket. And then he made like a 37 yard throw to Judy, 40 yard throw to Hamler, but those pocket shit wasn't working. Crazy stat 15 yards total for Russell Wilson after halftime. Yeah, Second insane. half and overtime combined for 15 total yards by Russell Wilson. That's terrible. That that's that's why Jared Judy was snapping. That's why KJ Hamler last week was banging his helmet. And he got paid two hundred and sixty million for the next six seven years. So they're stuck with it. Pay that bag. But anything on that game or anything else for the rest of the week? Um, definitely looking forward to see. I just want to definitely looking forward to see how some of these teams bounce back, like the Packers and the Ravens. Definitely want to see how those teams bounce back. And ah, we won, bitches! Falcons, Falcons, Falcons on three. Ah, one, two, three, Falcons. But dirty hey, birds. We some dirty birds. We gonna We got Kyle Pitts hitting that dirty bird in the motherfucking end zone. But. If you didn't know, we don't mind telling you one more time that this is the Totally Blitz podcast, you bitch. And if you, where we talk nothing, no filtered sports all day, every day, this has been the week six recap. Make sure you stay tuned for our Thursday night football preview and everything that we got going coming for you from the fight club to the prick sit up to the picks and predictions. And don't, don't forget to catch a cash in with my, with my dog Paul and his best bets. And you already know the rest. So this is the Totally Blitz podcast, and I don't mind telling you, you, and the guy right beside you that you's a bitch. Passing out the medicines, we've been on that rock star regimen, knowing that I'm heaven sent, higher than I ever been. I got a problem, I got a problem with being problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools, you could call them boy crap, man, this gang got rules, man, you better watch your passes, this ain't nothing new.